Hello, and welcome to House Lights, the podcast that typically reviews entertainment and pop culture. For this episode, we are taking a different approach. I'm your host, Chandra Fleming, and a year ago, I interviewed a prospering MSU musical artist named Brandon Rose. One year later, where is he today? Let's find out. Hey, Brandon, how are you? I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. So how has life been for you during the pandemic? Life during the pandemic has been pretty good for the most part. I can't really complain. Um, I know there was a period a period of time where, you know, it was just trying to adjust to being at home and everything just going virtually. So it was definitely an adjustment. But as things started to pick up and we got comfortable with the new norm, life kind of just started happening. Opportunities were coming up. Uh, I was blessed to be able to work through a pandemic and con- still working um, as far as gigging and performing and doing all of that stuff. Um, there's just been a lot of opportunities and a, a really cool way for musicians to kind of be innovative because it is an adjustment. So we have to do things different. So there's been opportunities where I've done live stream concerts, even a live stream concert for my own projects, even having this time to write new music and get in the studio and record and just just be active as, as much as possible. So it's, it's definitely been, been like a learning experience, but for the most part, like it's been great. So how has like your live stream concerts been? Like, how have you set them up? Like, are you doing it from your bedroom or are you like a tiny desk series? Like what's that look like? Um, so I only did for my project, I did one live stream concert and it was kind of to just get a feel of what that's like. And I, I had just released an album and I was working on new music at the same time. So I kind of just wanted to get a band together and just do a performance because I hadn't performed my own music since mm, probably like February or something of 2019 or 2020. Yeah, 2020. But yeah, I mean, it was one it was one live stream and it was at it was actually at an apartment. It's called and they, they called the series live from the red room and they had like red lights and the whole vibe was red and it was it was really nice and i think the the um how people received it it was it was well it was definitely a learning experience as well because there was certain things with the audio and and the visuals and with, with live stream like everything people still want quality so my the issue that i ran into there was on my YouTube channel, it was running from my my laptop uh, camera, so the the video wasn't that clear. And then there was something glitching with the Wi-Fi or something, so the audio was kind of getting distorted. And then with Facebook, stuff kept like popping up, and it was a it was just a little different. The only one that was pretty clear was Instagram, but some people didn't like the angle, so it was just you know just a lot of things to really take into consideration for future ones. So moving forward, I think what we do is focus more on quality um, versus just doing it to do it. Because I can put something out there, do a live stream, and like it's really about branding. So if I'm trying to put my brand out in the you know forefront and it's not that great of quality, that's attached to my brand and my name now. So I have to be mindful moving forward that whatever I do, whatever I produce and put out into the world has to have like great quality. So I got some things lining up, um, hopefully like moving forward that will make the quality better, both from a visual standpoint and audio. So 
I'm excited about that. So let's backtrack a little bit. The first time we talked, you were about to graduate from MSU. And I remember mm-hmm. you were saying that you was looking for like grad schools and all of that. When we set this interview up, I feel like that night, that same night, seeing your news on Twitter. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like how has life been? I was looking at grad schools um, for the, the fall of 2020, but I applied to a couple of places and I got waitlisted at one spot. And then the scholarship wasn't really what I needed it to be at another spot. Um, So it really just ended up being, I needed to take a year off. And this year off has been amazing because it's helped me to kind of just readjust my focus and figure out what it is that I actually want to do. So now going into grad school and like starting that whole process again, is giving me a new outlook on what I what grad schools I should be applying to, like what programs I should be entertaining that are really going to benefit me moving forward. So I applied to as many places as I possibly could. Um, on the list was Juilliard, Manhattan School of Music, uh, Berkeley College of Music in Boston, uh, University of Southern California, USC, and Michigan State University. And thankfully, I got into all of them. Um, so now it's just I'm in the decision-making phase now where I'm just trying to figure out which program is really going to be the best fit for me moving forward and also which program is going to be the most affordable um, moving forward as well. But at the end of the day, I just want to make sure that I make a decision that's right for me. And I mean, a decision is going to be made soon. So we're going to see. Fingers crossed. You just said that you also released a new album, but you also have something coming out on April 14th. So what's that about? Yeah, so I released an album and I did it in a a very different, unique way. Um, So the big thing that a lot of artists talk about is how streaming services, they don't really pay their artists. And as much as the artist side of me wants to just put something out there that's for like public domain, like anybody and can just grab it because it's on a streaming platform. So essentially they're streaming it quote unquote for free, but they have to pay the subscription. We don't, we don't see the revenue from that. And when music becomes for, for me, music is my job. Like I'm an entrepreneur because I'm a musician. So this is what I do. And when you're an entrepreneur, the goal is to make money. So as much as, you know, being a musician and being an artist is about putting out honest work and making sure that everything that you put out is polished or has some type of meaning and um, message to it. At the same time, this is a job. So you want to be able to receive revenue from what you're putting out there. So the simple fact is, revenue streams aren't coming in from people just streaming my, my song. You have to get like crazy amounts of streams to get pennies. So um, me and my team, we decided to um, partner with this company uh, called the Danverville Company. And they, they took the album, they put it on their website and they set the price. And it was a, a, a high price, but it was something that I think was was valuable because the the music itself is is, is such a, a strong message and something that I really believe in and I think there's a lot of value to the things and and a lot of thought that we put into the project and just everything that you get from the the it's, it's 
pretty much a bundle, a, a whole bundle and an exclusive release. Um, so we, we did that selling it direct to consumer so I can have a, an idea of who, who would actually go through all of these steps just to get my music. And that's me focusing on my fan base, like a, a dedicated fan base. So because of that, I now know what people are actually with me. Like I can have so, so-and-so amount of followers on Instagram or TikTok, whatever, and get certain amount of likes on pictures and videos and all that stuff. But when it comes to, you know, who's going to buy my music, that those numbers are, are constantly just fluctuating. So this, it was, it was a really dope way of, of us really just figuring out who my core fan base is and selling the, the, the music to them. Um, and, and then of course, like they'll, there's going to be a whole bunch of exclusives because um, now they're like part of the the squad. I still don't know what I'm gonna call the fan base. I know like Beyonce has the Beehive. I don't really know, but um, we're 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 planning on like having a whole bunch of exclusives and really just making this a journey that we're all on together. Um, so to get to the album, I know I'm a little long with it, but um, the album Black Roller Coaster is essentially about my unique experience as African American living in America. So being black in America, what is that? what is that like and specifically to me and really what I'm trying to do or, or what I did through the whole entire um, album is take people on an emotional roller coaster of all these different emotions. So the, the, the tracks are, are titled betrayal, revenge, outcry, surrender, and escape. And those to me were like some of the core emotions, not, not really core, some of the main emotions and feelings that me personally, I've experienced by being a black man in America. Um, you know, feelings of being betrayed, whether it's by police or the abuse of authority from some other person in, in an authoritative position, um, whether it's getting revenge on, you know, somebody who, who did me wrong. And that that's, there's a whole another side to that. And that's why I wanted to put revenge out there is because sometimes like when we hear revenge, we immediately like related to being destructive or, you know, it's like a negative connotation to it. But really what revenge is about, uh, there was a couple scenarios where somebody, I, I had an encounter with somebody and, you know, they, they, they were trying to change who I was. Like it, it was like who I am right now, I'm not fit for this position. So there was one one incident where um, I was playing at a church and I'm like seven or no, I'm probably like eight or nine and I'm playing, you know, going to all the rehearsals. I'm at every single rehearsal. I know, the, I know the music or whatever. I get to Sunday service on Sunday. I've done all of the, the, the practicing and, and rehearsals that I could possibly do and I'm prepared. I get there Sunday just to see another bass player in my spot and you know i'm i'm just kind of like oh like what what's going on so we walk up there and you know we're trying to figure out why why am i not playing and the the person uh who was in charge like the the musical director he was like yeah you're you know you're too young you're not professional enough to be on this stage and i'm like what like i've been playing here since I started playing the bass and then you want to come and say I'm not professional enough when I can play I mean just just calling it like it is like 
I was eight or nine playing like adults. Like I was hanging with the, the older people that were playing. And that was just something that, you know, I, who I was in that moment just wasn't enough for this particular opportunity. So I, I took that energy and put it into the song where really I'm saying like, you know, you, you thought you could change me. Like you thought you would win trying to like, you know, it was an attack on, on who I was trying to just really like bring me down and, and make me feel like incompetible, but I'm not going to change who I am just to please you. Like my revenge can be as subtle as me staying true to myself and still doing the very thing that you tried to prevent me from doing. Like, look at me now, essentially is the message. Like, look at me now. You see what, like what you did, you like, you caused this, this, your momentum, your actions built up this momentum uh, to get me to this point. So that's what revenge is about. And that's the single that's coming out on the 14th. Um, and I'm really excited about that. I can't wait for people to hear it. Um, and I, hopefully they like it, you know? Yeah, I definitely hear you. So I'm kind of curious to like, how has your fans and audience kind of adapt to, I, I don't want to call it a new sound, but I remember previously when we talked, you were kind of all about like love and peace and happiness. But now it's kind of mm -hmm. like, you know, I don't want to say he's kind of dark now, but right, right, right. you know, like how have they like adjusted to that? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the, the beautiful thing out of the conversations I've had is that people still, like the, the fans that I've interacted with that have listened to Black Roller Coaster, um, they still feel and hear a sense of, of the like love, peace, you know, togetherness, because that is the underlying message. Like, even though like I've been betrayed and I'm talking about betrayal in this, in this song, you, you would expect to hear like sonically something that, that sounds like betrayal. But I, I try to make a, a nice balance of, you know, providing like pr from a production standpoint, making happier type of uh, tones. So the, the song could be in a major key because major is usually, it, it gives off like a, a happy uplifting type of feeling rather than a minor key is like really, you know, sad, melancholy, like demonic sometimes if you want to get really dark. But I'm talking about something that's something as serious as being betrayed and something that's quote unquote dark as being, you know, betrayed. And it has like a, a happy, uplifting, like bounce to it, something that people can dance to. So it's like, wait, like you're dan like you're happy to be betrayed. No, part of it is also just putting my personality into it, saying like, this is how I got through this particular situation. Like, yes, I was betrayed, but at the same time, like I'm me, like I'm happy. I'm, I, I try to, you know, operate in love and peace all the time. So having those morals and having those standards for that's how I got through this this period of being betrayed and I tried to put that into the music so that was received like really well from a couple people that I talked to they said you know the, the message was clear and at the same time like we still we still heard you like we heard the Brandon that we know and love um, so that was really encouraging because it it, it gives me more hope and um, inspiration to write music that is, you know, digging deeper into like deep feelings that 
I'm going through, knowing that I can still um, put it into the to the world with me being in it and people being able to receive that. So yeah, so it sounds like to me, you like when we first met, it sounded like you knew who like you were like, self, but now it sounds like you kind of went through like a deeper phase of like finding out you and kind of like expressing yourself. Is that what it is? Really just being locked in the house for as long as we were and just having to, you know, look in the mirror every day and really just say like, dude, like, do you know you? Like there was really, I didn't know. Like there was a lot of things that I've learned about myself um, over the course of, you know, the pandemic and just th these past two years that I never really paid attention to. And it's something that I want to dig deeper into because I think it, it can really produce um, something beautiful because some of it is dealing with pain. Some of it is, you know, dealing with uh, how to handle certain situations, how to be com uh, confrontational and all of the, all of these different things, like whether it's um, like battling depression and uh, depressive thoughts and, and all, all that type of stuff that, you know, for a long time, I, I would just turn a blind eye to it because I'm like, I don't need that. Like, I'm just living life, but I can't live life and do all the things that I want to do and make the impact that I want to make if nothing that I'm doing is authentic because people love authenticity. If you're not giving somebody something that that is authentic and that they can relate to, then what are you doing? The music that I have out there right now is very instrument, like instrument driven. You know, I, I try to make sure that people know I'm a musician first. And this new sound is more, more, more geared towards like my production and kind of a, a more mainstream approach. Um, not necessarily chasing the next hit, but I want to like people, people listen to my music and like, they like it, you know, but as far as something being um, placed on the radio or something being like, going TikTok viral. I don't think my music up until this point has really like lined up in that category. So um, just out of being, you know, home and working on production and finding all these new ways to, to really produce my own sound, there's a lot of things that I'm, I'm working on that it is just, it's not really different because like you can hear, you can still hear me, but it's it's a different vibe than you know what what people are probably used to hearing from me. Um, it's more mainstream, more R and B, uh, hip hop ish, you know. Exactly. Yeah. But how do you keep your old fans happy then? Because now you got these new fans, then you got the old fans. Like, how do you kind of like? bring them all into that one fan base when one fan group is kind of used to the old sound. The new one, they used to the one they just heard. Mm -hmm. How do you find that balance then? Yeah, Ooh, that's a really good question. I have no idea. <laughs> that's, that's something that I'm trying to figure out now because the sound on transition for the most part was like my, my fans that I developed from being a bass player. Um, the sound moving forward so not not black roller coaster because black roller coaster was kind of I really wasn't thinking about um, fans at that point. At black roller coaster was a message that I just personally needed to get out there. Like it was it was completely just me, like alone with my thoughts. This is how I feel being black in America. 
I want to share this with y'all because I'm sure there's a lot of other black people that feel the same way. Um, so that was kind of where black roller coaster was, but moving forward and who knows, like beyond that, like what's, what's going to happen. But, um, I think my, that sound that I'm working on now is more influenced by the fans that I've gained from like a couple viral TikTok videos or like of me rapping and singing. So that's like a new direction. And I, I honestly don't know, like I'm, I'm kind of in it right now trying to figure out what is that balance because as much as I want to continue to to grow and progress and evolve I do like I have certain I have fans that want a particular sound so it's kind of a balance of do I completely just make something for them or do I just continue to be me and keep growing, keep evolving, keep experiencing new things and letting that influence my music and just hope like, you know, off the love and just people rocking with me that they'll rock with my music. And I'm kind of leaning more towards that because at the end of the day, like I'm always going to have an audience to, to write for. And somebody's going to be, you know, disappointed in the sound. Somebody's not going to like it. Somebody's going to love it. For somebody, it's going to be the worst thing they ever heard. For somebody, it's going to make their 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 world complete like i don't know no i'm just talking but um yeah i mean you know i i try not i guess really what i'm saying like i i if my old fans don't rock with the new stuff you know sometimes you just you grow out of something like i i used to love um i used to love chris brown and i still do but his music has evolved like drastically from when I first started listening to him to now, like I like the stuff he's doing now, but there was a period where like all he was doing was kind of like he was trying to be a rapper. And I was like, I don't like that. So I didn't listen to it. It didn't make me, you know, look at him as an artist any different. It was just a period of his time that he was expressing himself in a different way that I, I didn't want to hear. You know, so now, like, like I said, I like the stuff that, um, that he's put out, uh, lately, like I, what, what was that Indigo, like Indigo was a vibe. Um, but yeah, like, I, I think it's really just about growing, evolving, progressing and people acknowledging that you're still being authentic. And if people rock with, if people rock with you, like they rock with you and it doesn't, at that point, it doesn't matter what sound, um, like the 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 older fans want to hear or the newer fans want to hear while that's still important it's more so about like who's really going to support you moving forward and the simple fact is that you can't really please everybody so that and that's when i i kind of go back into like why i make music like it's not necessarily for a specific someone it's just like i want to express myself and put it out into the world and hope that people you know like it and if they don't I like it so cool you know yeah at least you still will find that passion for yourself and not really worry about others because sometimes people will be like well dang if people don't like it then I guess this ain't for me but at least you still know that you like it yeah it's it's definitely tough like I've had days where I've just thought about like like there was there I was in a like a production session. I was just trying to make a whole bunch of beats. 
and I was going for a specific sound and I couldn't get it. And I just got like really dark in that moment. I'm like, yo, like I can't produce. Like what if, nope, like I'm never gonna have this sound. Like nobody's gonna wanna like play this on the radio. Nobody's gonna wanna stream this on Spotify. Like I'm about to lose fans, like all this stuff. And then like the next day I woke up and then just made music like off the love because music, like music is what I do. Like that's, that's always gonna be me. So at, at the same time, like, you know, it is about the fans um, to an extent and it is about you know it's a business you know you want to support yourself off of what you do it's still about like the art and preserving the art and preserving the love and passion for that and that that trumps everything like and that's a balance that I'm trying to figure out right now that I think I got in a good grip on is just trying to make music that I believe in and and then you know giving a little ear candy here and there but at the at the same time i still want to be putting out something that's true to me something i believe in and just authentic straight up what advice do you have for someone that is in the msu musical department right now like Ooh. you have graduated you almost yeah. like you know at grad school so what advice do you have for them yeah um i would say don't don't waste any time taking in what the program is. And what I mean by that, me personally, I, I started off on electric bass. Coming to Michigan State, I had to learn a whole new instrument. I was introduced to a whole new genre of music and a, a culture of music really that I was foreign to. And it took me all the way until junior year to really say like, okay, I'm going to be about this program. Like I'm going to be about this music. And looking back, those whole two years, freshman year, sophomore year, and even like the first semester of junior year, it, it just seemed like wasted time. Like I was missing out on so much that could could have been benefiting me. Like, and now I'm trying to like backtrack and cover my steps because I missed out on information that is very valuable to to what I'm doing. Um, so my my advice is don't like if you're in the program, whether it's classical, uh, voice, jazz, whatever it is, like take it for what it is and run with it. Don't don't try to make it something that it's not. Like you're at that program because that program that program sees something in you that 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 you can help continue the the legacy and the, 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 the vibe of that program. So don't try to change it into anything else. Like, let it be what it is um, and don't wait to do that. Um, yeah, that's, that, that's the main thing. Cause whew, if I could go back, I'd be like, all right, I'm here, day one, let's go. I hear you. So this is my last final question. Mm -hmm. It is, what is one thing that you want people to remember about you? Ooh. Um, ooh, that's a really good question. Yeah, I asked that just in case, like years from now, we if we're on like a different platform, like, hey, remember I asked you this? I want to see if like your answer like stays the same. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, give, give me a second. I need to. I need a second. I think I think authenticity and and love and really to 
kind of expand on it. Um, I would love for people to like years from now say, you know, Brandon, he, he really was authentic. Like he stayed true to himself and he, he never shied away from showing love to people um, because I think everybody is deserving of love. And I think music being such an expressive art form is one of the, it's, it's one of the, the, the main ways that I can, can show love and share love to any and everybody that listens to my music. Cause there's always an element of, you know, love and positivity and peace in my music. So um, if that can be said about me, I think, I think I'd be living a good life. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of House Lights. Be sure to follow us on the Stay News Podcast Network on SoundCloud.